Hello and welcome to Spiritual Shit, your guide to the down and dirty of modern spirituality. This podcast is a place for people wanting to discover more about spirituality, where we can get weird about ghosts, mediumship, aliens, psychics, religion, new age, awakening, ascension, starseeds, channeling, holistic health, philosophy, and even dating. Some shows will be just me rambling about my mystical experiences and discoveries, while other shows will have guests to open up new perspectives and views. I hope you'll join me on this journey as we discuss and open up what spirituality in today's modern world really looks like. Remember to like and subscribe to never miss an episode and hit me up at thelovelyleah.com or at thelovelyleah on Instagram so we can connect. Become a Patreon supporter to get access to behind the scenes of our guests, freebies, early access to new episodes, discounts on merch, and more. What is up, my wonderful, wonderful listeners? I am ecstatic today because today is our 100th episode. Yes, one zero zero one hundred episodes we've done in a little over a year. And I am just like, woo! <laughs> um, this is exciting. This is a, a incredible milestone to get to. And um, I've been going through and reading loads of your messages and stuff about how much the show has helped you. And I'm just so excited that this content is reaching who it needs to reach and that people um, who need to hear it are getting it. And um, I just, today's a very special episode and um, I'll get to a little bit of that information a little bit later. But if you are someone who has been benefiting wonderfully from this podcast, if you are someone who has learned more about your awakening or more about your spiritual gifts or how you're an empath or healing or how you're getting through trauma and so on. And this show has helped you in immense ways. I'm going to ask you a favor. During these hundred episodes, we have not had any real sponsors. We've been, uh, you know, I've been uh, able to suggest people to you um, that, you know, to help with services and practitioners and whatnot, and really haven't asked for anything in return. And I'm not really asking for anything now, but I would say that if you would like to support this show, then please become a Patreon member and become someone who um, has a membership level of any tier. Uh, with that, there comes with an ability to be able to DM me questions that I will answer back. Um, we're no longer answering questions on the Instagram because we're getting too many Um or leave a question for the show for us to answer for our listener question uh, segment. And also uh, sharing the show with someone that you know, sharing it on your platform, sharing it on your stories to let the platform grow. That helps me out a lot as well. And so I'm so glad that you've been with me on this journey for as long as you've been on it, whether that be today's your first episode or you've listened to all 100 episodes. This is absolutely insane. Uh, another thing that we have, today's episode is really special because it's our 100th episode. Uh, we have Medium Fleur here today who's a celebrity medium and uh, we'll get into that today as well. But I have a couple of announcements that are hidden inside of this episode that if you're listening, you'll catch <laughs> um, that I'm not officially announcing uh, until later uh, this month. But if you listen carefully to this episode, you'll get to know uh, what, <laughs> what secrets I've been holding for a little while. So that'll be exciting for those of you who, um, have followed my journey for some time. 
So um, we're not going to do a listener question this week just because we have so much content to cover. I want to make sure that after you listen to the episode and after we do our whole conclusion or whatever, that you keep listening because there is a live reading that Medium Fleur is going to do for me at the end, which is really, really emotional (laughs) for me and incredible for her to see her work and her connect with some of my loved ones that you guys have heard about. And I think that this is a really cool episode too, because there are a lot of people who are skeptical of mediums, even if you listen to the show (laughs) and you'll get an opportunity to see how many things that she's gotten right. If you are an avid listener, um, what's even more important is, you know, for skeptics, um, to say, you know, oh, she probably heard that on one of your shows or this and that. Um, the information that she's compiled of the things that I have mentioned are um, she would have had to listen to at least the 30, 40 episodes um, and found those episodes to get that information. In addition to that, there are quite a few things in there that I have never mentioned on the show. And so <laughs> um, it's really, really cool to see how she works, um, especially someone being of mediumistic qualities myself and seeing how uh, that comes out. So I do think that this is a really special episode um, for our 100th episode. And moving forward, we're going to um, – I'm still thinking about how I want to uh, upgrade the show and trying to figure out um, even just resources-wise, like how to keep going at this rate. We might end up taking a break. I'm not sure uh, because we have given content every week, every single week since October last year. And so that's a lot of content to put out. And I know that you guys depend on some of this content. And so in order to keep going at this rate, uh, please show your appreciation for the free content that we put out all the time and become a Patreon member or support the show through Anchor. And that's really it. I mean, if you can't uh, contribute monetarily, then absolutely share the show as much as you can on your stories, um, on your Instagram, on your Twitter or whatever to get more listeners to the show because that helps us immensely. So I hope you guys are having an awesome day. I cannot believe this is our 100th episode. So let's get started. Hey there. My name is Aaliyah Lovely, and I am the host of a chart-topping podcast called Spiritual Shit, and I have a workshop available to you called Intro into Your Intuition. It's a training course to teach you more about how intuition can work for you. We cover topics about how to deepen your intuition, how to learn more about truth, overcoming your fears, understanding your sensitivities, and how to connect with the universe. Most importantly, how to distinguish the difference between anxiety and intuition. This workshop is available for easy listening on thelovelyalia.com, and it is only $9.99, which is a very affordable price if you are not able to work with me one-on-one and want to gain insight into intuition through my personal teachings, all available to you right now. So please go over to thelovelyalia.com to get your own copy of Intro into Intuition and get started with being able to connect to your side of the universe. Fleur first discovered her gifts as a young girl. Starting at the age of four, she heard voices all the time. Spirits visited her in her bedroom at night and she saw auras around people. However, while starting very early, it was many years later while attending UCLA as a pre-med student that she gave her first reading. Word of mouth spread quickly, and after graduating, she began giving readings full-time. Residing between Los Angeles and Portugal, Flora is on a mission to connect as many people as she can to their loved ones on the other side. 
Fleur has been named one of the best mediums in Los Angeles by CBS and LA Magazine. Her innate ability to directly communicate with loved ones in spirit has connected countless families from all over the world. Additionally, in her home location of Los Angeles, she's become largely sought after in the entertainment industry during readings for A-list musicians, actors, and politicians. Her accuracy has made her a favorite guest on radio programs including Howard Stern's show, 93.5 K-Day, The Big Philly Show, and so on, and numerous podcasts. She's also been seen on various TV programs, and her work has been featured in magazines and books with feature articles in American Airlines In-Flight Magazine, LA Magazine, and so many more. She has a chapter dedicated to her work in the book After This by Claire Bidwell-Smith, in which Smith wrote about her experiences with various well-known mediums, including Teresa Caputo and James Von Pra. She has her own podcast called Moving Beyond, where Fleur connects each person with the loved one in the spirit world. Each unscripted episode features real sessions from these two unique perspectives to discuss loss and explore life on the other side. Her wait list is sometimes up to a year, so we're so lucky to have her here today and have a personal reading for yours truly. Please welcome Fleur to the show. Hello and welcome to another episode of Spiritual Shit. I'm your host, Aaliyah Lovely, and today we have Medium Fleur, who is a celebrity psychic medium who is able to contact the beyond. And today we are talking about the fear of death and what it's like uh, hearing from the other side. Say hey to everybody, girl. Hey, thank you so much for having me. Thanks so much for being on. Uh, first, um, I kind of want to ask, like, how sunny Portugal? You just made a big move over there, right? I made a huge, huge move. Yeah. I moved to Lisbon, Portugal without ever having been to Portugal before. Oh. <laughs> so it was, it was a bit of a, like a turn 30 midlife crisis, if you call it that. Yeah. Um, but it's lovely. It's been, it's been really good. And even though a pandemic hit in the middle of it, mm-hmm. I'm so happy to be here. Uh, what spurred the move? Honestly, it was just, it, on, okay. So this is kind of a weird thing, but I had this moment where I woke up one day and I think it was like February of 2019. I was like, I, I, I'm leaving. Mm-hmm. I don't know where, but I'm leaving. And, yeah. and, and all of my brain was like, no, 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 you're not. There's no reason to leave. You have a lovely house here. You've got a lovely life built up. You've been in LA for 13 years. Like, why are you going? Mm-hmm. But it just wouldn't stop. And um, that thought just kind of kept coming up, coming up. And I just initially suppressed it. And then after a while, life kept pointing in this direction. And I thought, I'm constantly telling people to follow these nudges. Mm-hmm. I should probably just do it. <laughs> and, and it was kind of funny because the minute I did it, everything started lining up very, very easily. So um, it feels right. I still don't quite know why I'm here, but mm-hmm. I'm sure I'll figure it out. Yeah. <laughs> As things usually come to us. Um, so I want to kind of get in a little bit in depth with you first, uh, before we go into all the other stuff about your background and, um, uh, what is it like to be a child who sees spirits and talks to other, you know, ghosts? Um, I'm also someone who's a medium, but not necessarily an evidential medium. It's something that I've had happen here and there and something that I practice, uh, to some degree. It's something I have more of an imposter syndrome around more than anything, but um, I'm super interested to see how other people gain some insight into this information. Uh, so what was growing up for you like, and how did you kind of under, uh, understand or discover that you had these gifts? Right. I think it's so interesting to me because people are constantly asking me about my first experience and it really wasn't like that. I thought everybody could do what I did, right? I mean, mm-hmm. when you're young and in especially those first couple of years, you don't really have the capacity to understand that your reality is not everybody else's reality. So those early years for me, I just was living my life. 
and it was really my parents who took surprise notice. Um, things became more difficult for me when I was six, seven, eight, going to school, very quickly realizing I'm different, not going to speak about this. This is something I'm going to really keep secret. And, um, and really did keep secret for, for like 10 to 12 years during that period of time, trying to suppress it, suppress it, suppress it. Uh, during that time, we also, we moved to the States. I'm originally from the Netherlands. Mm. And so there was that added element of, I'm the foreign girl. I don't speak English. I definitely shouldn't be speaking to dead people too. <laughs> That's yeah. like not, not going to make me popular. <laughs> so it was just kind of this thing I really kept to myself. Um, my parents took surprise notice. It was a huge part of my childhood, especially during that like seven, eight, nine year time. And, and then it did become scary because you kind of start judging your own experience in, in comparison to everybody else's. And, right. um, and it was really during that time where I suppressed it really uh, a great deal and was able to push it out of my life. Um, my kind of weird story along this is that when I pushed it out, I thought, all right, done. I turned full atheist. I studied neuroscience in college. I wanted to be a neurosurgeon. I just went full. That was my imagination. Anyone mm. who tried to tell me differently, I said, you don't know what you're talking about. I tricked you when I was younger. <laughs> um, and uh, I got very, very, very sick when I was 18, 19. I was at UCLA, I was studying neuroscience, and no one could figure it out. I had all these crazy symptoms. I went to every single doctor. They said it was just in my head. Mm. Um, and and I was like, well, it, it's it's not. These are real physical symptoms. I'm not yeah. quite sure, you know. Uh, and ultimately, my, it was my dad, who's a, is an engineer, actually. He's quite logical. And his logic ended up in, you were very strange as a child. You were obviously a psychic medium. Please just go see a psychic medium so we can all just move past this. <laughs> Maybe they have something to tell you, right? Yeah. <laughs> and so I went and it was in LA and I sat down and she, the first thing she said to me, she goes, you're a medium, you're not living your purpose. If you don't live your purpose, then you're going to pass. Uh, wow. And I was not happy. I was so angry at, at God, at her, at the universe. I was like, you can't tell me what to do. <laughs> I'm going to be a doctor. That's good enough. Like, who are you to tell me I'm going to be a medium? Yeah. But there was something about it that I thought, don't want to die. Yeah. You know, I'm 19. My body is failing. It's very evident. And mm -hmm. she didn't know that. I didn't look necessarily like unhealthy. So it caught my attention, right? I don't think you can hear that and then dismiss it. Right. So she was right. I mean, within a year and a half, I was getting readings and uh, mm -hmm. loving it. Mm -hmm. So 12 years later, here I am still doing it, still loving it. Mm -hmm. I think I had so much resistance against it. And then finally, when I caved, I realized it was actually a really beautiful thing. It just had all this stigma around it about being weird and different and yeah. not wanting to be judged my whole life and, and all that stuff, the imposter syndrome, whatever mm. it is, you know, but whew, let it all go. And, and, and then really realize like, you're right. This feels very purposeful. It's, it's absolutely my purpose. I feel alive when I do it. My health, you know, came back. So mm. here I am. Nice. Um, so what did you find when in those younger years when you were, you said, suppressing it? What was happening? Were you seeing things and you were like, nope, not going to look at this way? Or like, how did that operate for you in that suppression process? Right. Well, another weird, weird twist to my story. <laughs> I, um, I had an Indonesian nanny growing up and mm -hmm. she was from, from India and she was quite psychic herself. And so she had told my parents, you know, 
this is what's going on. So she actually had a practice that she had my mom do that was quite ritualistic. Um, and really what it did is it asked my mom, who was my guardian, to say, we make the rules. She's under our care. You're not allowed to come in until she's ready. Mm. Uh, and um, they didn't tell me they were doing this. And the next day, my mom said she asked me, hey, you know, is there one around? And the only two people left were my great grandmother and my great grandfather. And mm. they were there in the background for the next kind of 10 years after that. But I could dismiss them easily. That was not hard, you know. Yeah. So a couple of years in, I just ignored them completely. Mm -hmm. poor, poor people on the other side, just <laughs> trying to be helpful. But all the kind of random people, because at one point when I was eight, nine, it got very, uh, it got very, very, very overwhelming. Mm -hmm. And so that shift to just having the two um, from that point on was a lot easier. So, you know, and this also kind of explains my parents were, were not into this until I yeah. kind of came around. They were open mm -hmm. because they were watching it in front of their eyes. Right. But, um, but this is why when I was 18, 19, my parents uh, very much said, you know, it's really lovely that you thought that was your imagination, but we lived it. Mm. So, <laughs> you know, you can pretend all you want, but it wasn't. Yeah. So it's nice that you had parents yeah. that were at least cultivating uh, in that process of saying, like, stop suppressing who you are. Um, do either of your parents have these gifts? They're, I think my mom's incredibly intuitive. I think both of them really do have this understanding of something, but certainly not mm -hmm. as work, as anything that's practiced. Um, I think over time, they've just started listening to their own intuitive nudges a little bit more because of my work, you know, mm -hmm. yeah. but you're right. I think the, their take on it was much more, okay, we've got a child. We are going to have to learn about this stuff, you know? Yeah. So, so it was really amazing for them to be very, very open. And uh, they're both very logical people. You know, my mom was a journalist and my father worked as an engineer. And so mm -hmm. they're certainly not the woo woo type. Yeah. <laughs> they really, um, they really, really helped me out. I think, I often thought back on that when I was in my early 20s and working. I came across so many people in their 40s, 50s, 60s who had just started coming into the work mm. and were really having to undo so many years of, of trauma around it being completely dismissed and never having a, a safe kind of space. Mm. Yeah. And um, whenever people tell me about their children who have gifts, and I think so many kids do, yeah. They ask, how do I cultivate it? What should I do? And I don't even think you have to cultivate it. You just have to allow it. Yeah. It, it, that's it. You know, be yeah. curious, give it safety, make it not weird, even if it's just within your home. And you can mm -hmm. always tell them, hey, maybe the outside world won't understand. But in this house, you can say what you feel mm -hmm. and, and freely express it. And, and I think if you can do that, then you can offer a childhood in which they can step into that intuition, that psychic ability, the mediumship, and, and apply it to any career yeah. because it really helps in anything. Yeah, do. I agree. I agree. Now, I'm curious uh, how it works for you because what's funny uh, is um, people will ask me about the work that I do sometimes and I'll say I'm an empath medium. And so they're like, what do you see? Who's around? You know, like real quick. And I'm like, ah, it, doesn't, it doesn't work like that per se. Um, there is a way to turn it on and off. I've uh, gotten really good at turning it off. Um, but for you, how, how does that work for you when you're kind of moving through it? How do you see it? Does it come through third eye? Does it come through a feeling, hearing which uh, Claire? Uh, how do you process that information? 
Yeah, well, first, I, I love that you talk about the turning off and turning on. I think it's it's crucial to anyone doing any kind of energetic work. I, too, am only on when I'm doing readings, and it takes effort and intention, right, mm -hmm. to tune in. It's not just like, oh, here we are. Yeah. Uh, so so that's a, certainly a big part of it. And then from that, I do work with all of them. I feel see, hear, and know. Mm -hmm. um, I often feel like the senses in the, in the spiritual vein of them, in the clairs, whatever you want to call them, don't really translate in our physical uh, the way that we perceive senses in our physical reality, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm yeah. not seeing them three-dimensionally. Right. It's a hallucination, if you will. It's a daydream. Mm -hmm. It flashes in front of my eyes. I'm not always hearing a voice. It's a thought. Mm -hmm. But I've begun to, over time, have become very good at realizing what is my thought and what is not my thought. Right. I know what's a daydream and what comes from spirit. The feeling in my body is slightly different and and this is how i teach as well i have people look at their patterns i have them write them down and start realizing you know anxiety shows up as a pattern in your body mm -hmm. wishful thinking shows up as a pattern and the intuition shows up as a pattern and the intuition pattern is never going to be the wishful thinking pattern mm -hmm. it's never going to be the anxiety pattern it's not going to be fireworks with these things it's all very very subtle Mm -hmm. And learning the way that your body expresses the translation of energy, that, that's what it's all about. So from my experience, it, it's all of it, but I know my patterns and I know um, the information and I know how to kind of uh, increase the volume on mm -hmm. the information at, at will. Yeah. I, I love that you say that, increase the volume, um, because I think that there's some important misconception about people who are medium uh, mediums or have psychic abilities that, that that it's on all the time you can hear it all the time you can see people all the time and that's just not the case um there is a tuning in process where you have to turn to the radio station and, and sit in that frequency uh, to be able to kind of let it let it come in and there is a practice also for some people it does come in a lot stronger <laughs> uh, for some other people it, it takes some time and maybe even for some people can train to do that so um do you think that it's possible uh, for everyone to have some type of mediumship gifts or is it something that you have to kind of come in with or train well i absolutely think everybody has something especially in connection to their own loved ones and mm -hmm. i'll kind of give you my theory on it if you will yeah uh, but but i feel that we all have a spirit body every single one of us and when we cross over we retain that spirit body and so we have a common denominator with those on the other side it's it's we have all the working parts that would require that we would require in order to have that conversation mm -hmm. so it's really about getting out of the way and less about creating something i think mm -hmm. it's the surrender it's the letting go um and i feel that when we connect to those on the other side every single person has a slightly different radio station mm -hmm. uh, the thing about a medium is that they have to be really good at being able to locate any station of any person to ever exist Ever. Yeah. And that's the hard part, right? Mm -hmm. That's the skill set, I think, which is why not everybody can be a working medium. Right. But if you've known someone your entire life, you know their radio station, you know their signal. And when they cross over to the other side, you'll recognize it. You'll be able to connect. Mm -hmm. It's not a station you've never heard before. It's not something that you're not familiar with. So I feel that with enough surrender and letting go and getting out of the way, anyone can learn to connect with their loved ones anyone can learn to bridge into some of the radio stations. Mm -hmm. And I think maybe the people working as professional mediums, that next step is the difference between like maybe 
a really good dancer and a professional dancer, yeah. right? It's like getting to the real subtleties and then honing in and being able to utilize your energy to stay there for long periods of time. Mm, cool. So for people who are uh, listening, maybe this is the first episode they've ever heard. Um, what are some maybe practical ways that you teach or know of uh, that helps someone connect to one of their loved ones, or at least be able to acknowledge that information that's coming in and not be scared of it? Right. Well, I think that's the first part. It's the understanding why you're scared, the fear aspect. Is it because of customs that you've grown up with? Is it society? Is it things that you've read? I think just the sitting down and journaling for yourself, where are my limiting belief systems around why I'm scared of this? You know, is there any truth to it? If I feel something that I wasn't expecting to feel, why am I scared of it? You know, mm -hmm. why? What, what's the crux here? And um, rationally working that out for yourself does allow you to go a little bit further so that you're not, when it happens, you're not like immediately recoiling. You can yeah. sit in the space and create some space. Um, I also think that start small. Start with putting yourself in situations where you know the rational brain takes a backseat. Driving is a good example of this. We mm -hmm. go into a natural meditation when we drive doing the dishes, doing laundry, um, anything that's repetitive, maybe a, a jogging, whatever it is for you that gets your rational mind to the background, create some space. Mm -hmm. And then when you've created some space, simply just ask, hey, can somebody, if somebody wants to, want to join me for doing the dishes? Want to join me for a car trip? Want to join me on my jog? And allow it to be an experience in which you invite them so you're not feeling scared necessarily. And you're allowing it to be a subtle experience in which you've just invited them on to the journey. And, and you can simply feel them. Maybe in the beginning, you'll feel like you're imagining it, but it just creates that space. Mm -hmm. And then ultimately, you can move towards sitting in meditation and asking them to come through. But I think for people to jump right into the meditation aspect, it, it can feel really scary. It can right. feel very jolting. But when you're kind of in a more everyday activity, it's not as much of a jarring, jarring experience. But mm -hmm. I think there's ways to weave it in and, and through our lives. Um, and the key really always is meditation, which is just getting your rational brain to the back mm -hmm. and the intuitive part of you open and available. And that doesn't always mean you have to sit down and be quiet and do nothing. Yeah. yeah. A lot of the people that I talk to say, um, you know, uh, the, the biggest block is they're fearful that they're making it up. Mm. And so yeah. uh, what do you have to say for people who have, um, who's tr who are trying to practice this, but they kind of negate it often because they're fearful that they're just kind of, it's in their head. I think it's logical to fear it in that respect. Uh, I too did when I first started. Oh gosh, I was so skeptical. I mean, you have to remember I'm doing meditation and readings at night and during the day I'm going to college in neuroscience classes yeah. <laughs> in which I'm being told that like the brain invents everything, right? Yeah. So, so in that early part, I was so skeptical and I was so rationally looking at these readings. I was tallying up percentages, how right they were, doing standard uh. deviations. Like I was going a little nuts, um, trying to figure out, is it real? Mm -hmm. And the percentages were, were crazy. It was like 95%, 100%, whatever it was. But still there was that part of me that realized I was never going to be unbiased. Like mm -hmm. I'm always going to be part of this. I'm always going to be involved. So how will I ever be able to be a completely unbiased 
uh, observer of these mm -hmm. readings. I, I can't. And so at a certain point, I thought questioning it and analyzing it every step of the way is like taking two steps forward and three backwards. Mm -hmm. like at a certain point, you're, you're stuck in the resistance. And so I made this promise to myself early on that I would give myself six months to just let it happen. Mm -hmm. And if, and after six months, I could rationalize the shit out of it. And I can say that because this is also the, the title of the podcast. Right? Yeah. Oh yeah, please. Use yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So after the six months, I could, I could rationalize the shit out of it okay. uh, if I wanted to. And I could piece it all apart and I could, I could analyze and, and all of it. And I could then denounce it or, or say there's something here. But if I was going to do that in every experience I had, I wasn't ever going to let myself get to those experiences where I went, oh, wow, there's no possible life, right? Mm -hmm. If every experience that was maybe it, I was going to stop myself and put the brakes on, yeah. there was never going to be a moment that blew me away. And so I, I would advise that. Create a contract with yourself. Say, I might be completely making this up. Who cares? Mm -hmm. I'm going to give myself three months to just have an imaginative trip of spirit activity <laughs> and see what happens. And I don't have to tell anyone if, if after three months, I think I've lost it. I'll just stop. Yeah. You know, but, but I would say you will get through that three months, that six months and look back and really have moments that you cannot explain rationally. There is, there's no other way you've given it to space. Yeah. Yeah. Now for someone who often hears from people from the other side, how has that affected the way um, you think about death? Mm, yeah. Well, I think it's, it's twofold. Mm -hmm. One, I personally have no fear of death. Mm -hmm. um, it feels really lovely, actually. Yeah. <laughs> because not, I love being here. I love this life. I love this journey. I yeah. am so excited to be living a, a physical life. Um, but sitting with people you know, three, four times a day, and feeling their loved ones on the other side, um, I've had moments in readings where I connect to this and I open my eyes to see the person that I'm reading for and they're like crying and, mm -hmm. and it takes me a second to go, oh, right, you yeah. are still, you still have the impression that they're gone. Yeah. Got it. Yeah. <laughs> it's almost like a, oh yeah, okay, <laughs> yes, this is very, very sad. Like I know that, but they're right here. Yeah. So there's this, there's this kind of weird shift and it has made me personally not fear death at all um but it doesn't take away the human experience of grief right mm -hmm. that, that's never going to go away i think that's a very real part of, of the life that we live and so there's an element there of i know i can't bring anyone back i can help them in their grieving phases but i still do fear losing some really key people in my life mm -hmm. um because i know grief is hard and i know yeah. i can't bypass it just because i'm a medium yeah. Um, it's not the same, you know, it's just not the same. And we have this sense of having to learn that detachment, having to be separated, having to disconnect. And that journey is never an easy one. It creates mm -hmm. an opportunity for you to grow as a person always. Um, but I don't believe being a medium rids you of grief. It mm -hmm. just doesn't, you know, yeah. it's not the same. Um, so that part, I still feel like I may even struggle with more than, than most because I watch people in their deepest, darkest alleyways of grief 
four yeah. times a day. And I'm like, Ooh, mm-hmm. that's a heavy place. Mm-hmm. Would rather not be there. Not go there. Do you feel like you've had um, enough people come through and as they're communicating with you to get a structure of what happens when we die to know what's going on on the other side? Yes and no. You know, I always tell people I am the bridge. That's the whole job of the medium. But it means that I can only really see as far as the bridge and what I'm told. But until I'm past, I won't know what's fully on the other side of the full experience. We're meeting halfway, and that and that's all that I have really to go off of. Um, but there are certainly truths that I have witnessed over and over and over and over again. Um, I'm, I'm, I just finished writing a book. Um, and in that, in that book, thank you. <laughs> I used, I used quarantine to get it done. Um, but in that book, I really reflected, you know, I've, I've done 15,000 readings and there are 15,000. Yeah. That's yeah. I know. I did the math. <laughs> I was like, I've been too busy. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, like 15,000 readings. And in those 15,000, there are elements of the spirit world that are true throughout the 15,000. There's not been a single time where someone's not followed that rule, so to mm-hmm. speak. And uh, one of them, for example, is if they have easy access to us. Like, mm-hmm. it's just easy for them. It's, it's in and out, and they want to be here, and they're purpose-driven to be here. Mm-hmm. So there are kind of elements to the spirit world and how it operates and why it operates that do follow these rules, if you will. Yeah. But in terms of exactly what happens when we pass, I think you could say that there are so many variations of this in the same way that a human life has millions of variations in which it can be lived. Mm -hmm. I think it's very hard to create a blanket statement of everyone will choose this path on how to go or when to go um, or the experience they wish to have or the people they wish to see. It, that is not a cookie cutter thing in, in my experience. Right. Right. I know that for, from a religious perspective, um, my, my father and my grandmother also can see and feel and the same thing as me. I think it comes through my family, but um, because we grew up super religious, it was like, no, 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 we don't talk about those things. Mm-hmm. And that's not something that exists because once you leave, you're gone, you're either in heaven or hell. And that's kind of a dunzo deal. So um I'm going to ask you quite directly, like, do you, do you believe in hell? Do you believe that? Yeah. I mean, we can all live in different lives after we pass, but for people who may be feeling fearful of death in some kind of way, is there any, I mean, and I know this is hard, a hard question, but in your opinion, do you feel like there is at least a place that we go or uh, somewhere that we arrive, we can all live differently, but how does that affect how you see things in more, a more religious perspective? Right. Well, direct answer is no, I don't believe in a hell. I, I've never experienced it in terms of the people I've connected to. So it's possible it's there and that I just haven't met anyone that's there, so to speak. Possible, 15, but unlikely. Unlikely yeah. at this point. <laughs> yeah. um, I haven't experienced it. I think that, uh, and I feel that when we cross, there is a reality. It's hard to put these things into English because we see through the lens of physicality. Yeah. So we want to think of it as a place. Right. But a place is physical and we are no longer in the physical when we leave. Right. So yes, we can think about it as an energetic space, if you will. Mm -hmm. Um, 
it doesn't have the rigid definition of physicality in time and space limitations. I've always felt like they can kind of move through without any kind of restriction. Uh, but it has never felt that there is a sense of heaven this way, hell that way at mm -hmm. all. But I also feel like we often think about our lives with a period at the end and then the next life is a whole new start. And that's not the case in my experience either. Mm -hmm. The purpose that you had in this life continues. Your mm -hmm. life continues. Yeah. You're, you're continually moving forward, right? It's, mm -hmm. a, it's a shift. It's the shift in reality. It's a shift in perspective. It's a transform, transformative just in the whole event of losing your physical body. That's a big deal. Yeah. So you're going to be transformed by that. Um, but I would say it's, it's similar to moving to a different country or like maybe in our lifetime, a different planet. Mm -hmm. uh, you're going to change and shift, but your life isn't over just because you left one planet and you went to the other. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So how does that affect your view on reincarnation? Good question. I, this is one of the questions where I'm like, listen, I just speak to the bridge. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. You know what I mean? I don't know. Haven't, haven't gone to that other bridge over there. Yeah. Um, but I joke, but I do feel that I have never had the encounter in which somebody passes over and that person is told, so to speak, uh, you just miss them. Like if you would have mm -hmm. gotten here two weeks earlier, your mom would have been here, but too bad for you. You were tardy and <laughs> she had to go. Yeah. Um, I've just like never experienced it. And I, it doesn't make any sense to me from the place of purpose, right? Mm -hmm. A mother continues to be a mother. Mm-hmm a child continues to be somebody's child that bond doesn't break just because we've passed right and so the question of reincarnation is an interesting one but i don't think as a medium i would ever experience it because everyone that i'm connected to has a purpose that still attaches them so to speak to the physical world mm -hmm. once that purpose is complete maybe maybe they go on but i wouldn't be speaking to them anymore right so it then it becomes just very theoretical and my guess is as good as yours yeah. i don't have personal experience with that no one who's ever reincarnated would come talk to me mm -hmm. and it has never really come up in that way mm -hmm. um, but that's not to mean that i don't think there's a continuation in which we have multiple experiences uh, i do believe we've just from personal perspective and reading i do believe we've oversimplified it yeah. And that the chronological order of, of reincarnation just doesn't make any sense to me. You yeah. know, yeah. died in 1942, reborn in 1945. I mean, yeah. it's our own way of viewing time. But the minute you cross over, that goes. Yeah. So for me, that part doesn't quite make, make any sense. Yeah. Interesting. Now, you mentioned um, that the once you're a mother, you're always a mother. And the question that popped in my head is, do you have contact with people who have miscarried, um, you know, babies that have been lost and or communication with? babies before yeah. they're born absolutely yeah it's really interesting um it it's varied i think sometimes the soul knows part of the purpose is to stay mm -hmm. sometimes the purpose is not to stay sometimes the purpose is um simply a moment in which that woman gets to make a choice right right it, it doesn't necessarily mean that the spirit was just because somebody's pregnant doesn't necessarily mean i think that the spirit's meant or has to come into the world mm -hmm. if that woman still 
feels a really strong connection to that soul, they will show up. Mm-hmm. If they don't feel a strong connection, it's rare that they do. Yeah. And I think that is because if I say hi to a man down the street, not that it's quite the same, and I never see him again, he's not going to come into a reading for me. Right. But if that's my grandfather, then he will, because I've created purpose there and I've created an intention and the love and a connection. And I think it's the same with any soul to soul connection, regardless of if you brought that child into the world or if you didn't, if you feel the soul to soul connection and it's important to you, then it's also important to them and they're going to be there. Mm-hmm. I was curious if that does the person or soul uh, human being have to die for you then for you to then be able to connect with them? No, but that would differentiate psychic versus mediumship. Got it. Right. Got it. So yeah. a psychic reading, you're connected to the spirit body of somebody in the physical world mm-hmm. and you can still communicate energetically. Yeah. And we call that psychic connection or even maybe like intuitive information that you're receiving about yourself. Mm-hmm. But the distinction between the mediumship is that they are in spirit. Mm-hmm. Does the, um, now I heard that there's a difference between psychic, uh, psychicism and mediumship as far as where it's coming from in the body, how you're connecting mm-hmm. through the chakras. Can you explain that, how it works for you? Yes. So when we're connected to anyone whether it is in the physical world or in the spirit world we're connecting spirit body to spirit body so Mm -hmm. all information that you receive will always go through your own spirit body the frequency if you will the vibration the signal of the person that you're connected into will be slightly different when it's in the physical world because they've got a physical body they've got a density right Mm -hmm. so it's slightly different just in terms of its container And when that signal enters your physical body or spirit body as the reader, um, the very fact that it's in the physical world, the way that your own energy kind of absorbs that information will be a different experience because it's here versus there. Um, I think over time, you notice the slight differences. I think especially when people are first starting, it's really hard to distinguish. Mm -hmm. Um, For me, one of the ways to distinguish it and one of the ways that I teach is when people are connected to the spirit world, I like them to start, always start clairsentiently. Mm-hmm. Meaning if you can't feel the spirit person, you're not going to be able to say with integrity to the person you're reading for, I have your aunt, I have your daughter. Because you might be reading the person you're reading for psychically. Right. 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 Because if you lost someone very dear to you, that information will be in your own spirit body. Right. I could grab it out. Of it me. doesn't mean yeah. that I'm, yeah, it doesn't mean I'm having a conversation with somebody who's passed. Mm-hmm. And, and that distinction is a distinction often of integrity. Um, I think you will find different information there because you're going to have different you are going to have different memories of that person than if i'm connecting to that person right right? it's a different conversation but that's why i have students especially if they're interested in working as mediums and i i teach all all range mostly beginner and intermediate but every once in a while i'll do an advanced group and we really focus on that if Mm -hmm. you can't feel the spirit world then it's my belief you cannot stay with integrity that you are fully connected there Mm, interesting 
Have you ever had a reading where you're um, someone, I don't know if people request or if you just kind of let and see who comes forward, but if someone's really wanting to hear from their mom or grandfather or something like that, where they don't show up? Hmm. So no one ever tells me who they want to connect with. And mm -hmm. I like doing it that way because I think it requires, uh, first of all, it's like a nice way for me to work in an unbiased way. Yeah. And they walk away knowing I didn't know anyone there. Yeah. So it, it helps on all accounts. Um, it's my belief that if you have a desire to connect with them, they have a desire to connect with you. And so if they don't come through, which happens maybe like 1% of the time, it's because I'm not feeling or recognizing them. I'm having an off day. It's, it's my perception. It's certainly not your people and it's mm -hmm. certainly not you. Um, if that happens and I would say maybe it happens once every two, three months for me. I'll just tell the person, hey, let's uh, reschedule for two, three weeks from now. And they come back and then it works. Yeah. And it really is just me in that mm -hmm. moment, to be quite honest. I'm human. Yeah. I have my days where my perception is, is really high and days where I'm like, oh, the radio is just not quite where I want it to be. Yeah. <laughs> but it's never, ever, ever your spirit people ever. Mm -hmm. It's always mm -hmm. the medium. So if, if somebody's listening and they've had that experience and the medium said like, oh, they just don't want to be here or like, um, they just haven't passed long enough. They're not quite ready or whatever it is. No, yeah. that's BS. It's all about the medium's ability to recognize the signal. And sometimes if somebody's had a weird life, so to speak, the medium may not recognize that energy because they haven't lived that life experience. Mm -hmm. So if you have lost somebody who's just really different, right? Like maybe they were a hippie and they lived in like communes and something that's unrelatable to mm -hmm. somebody who's always lived in like a suburban environment and in yeah. one place and one never has moved, your energy body may just not recognize the hippie. They wouldn't know what to do with it. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's important that you, that you note that because um, when someone says that they're a medium or claims that they're a medium or whatever, um, and people come in, they have, it's, it's such an interesting job, right? First of all, because it's super highly charged, <laughs> super emotional, and okay. you do have to really live it with some type of integrity of being like, you know what, I'm, I'm handling, handling a very delicate situation here. And, oh, look, it's 11-11 here. Yay. Sorry. <laughs> um, but handling that situation, but for people to remember that you're human. And um, yeah. at least for me, like when it comes through, I said, you know, it's like translating almost. Sometimes you're speaking to someone who speaks a different language and you don't know all the words. And so sometimes that makes it a little bit more difficult to communicate the message and let it come through as strong as you need to. So um, I do think that's super important. Um, what do you find as far as um, death goes? Because I do get a lot of people writing in um, about their fears about death, not just like um, worrying if their people are okay, but their own fear of death. Is there anything that you've been learning through this process um, through mediumship that has given you some severe comfort about like your own afterlife? You know, I've just never really had that fear, but I've seen it reflected because I think it's just always been very obvious to me right mm -hmm. like oh you're supposed to be passed but here you are so guess you didn't really go anywhere <laughs> um from the time i was i was born but i've certainly had it reflected in client after client after client and i've gotten a lot of thank yous with that line of for whatever reason i've lost this fear of death mm -hmm. from the experience 
having knowing that my loved ones are going to be there when I cross over, uh, knowing I'm going to continue on, and knowing that in a way it will be sweet because there's a reconnection to people. Mm-hmm. Sure, I will say goodbye to some here in the world, but I'm also going to get to reunite with others. So it's a um, it's almost something to, at a certain point in your life, when you're ready for it, look forward to, mm. right? Mm-hmm. And um, I think that that sense of death, again, is, is an opportunity for inner reflection and to ask what belief systems are you holding that would create the fear? Mm-hmm. And what do you believe happens when we pass? And are there belief systems that you can maybe shift to allow for less fear and are there experiences that you can go and, and have for yourself that might open that up for you so that you also can, can release that layer? Mm-hmm. Um, I really feel that the experience of death generally falls into the category of one, the fear of there will be nothing, mm-hmm. right? And if you can have your own experiences with the spirit world, then that one falls away mm-hmm. because you won't be able to say that anymore. You're like, well, I'm feeling it, so surely large large possibility there yeah um and then the second one is is generally the fear of not seeing people which i think can be alleviated through potentially like mediumship readings um and also this feeling of of judgment or right or wrong and and that's something that i across the board in in my work have found they're very human parameters that we've placed on everything. There is no good or bad. There's no should, would. It really, when you get to the spirit sense and spirit world, it's like a choose your own adventure in a way yeah. about your life. And you get to you get to choose, right? Yeah. What what's in your values? What's what's something that you want to create? But no one's gonna judge you for what you did or didn't do when you cross over. Mm. So that's an element of kind of release as well for a lot of people. Yeah. I think that's a huge relief for a lot of people because the, um, like you said, the human parameters we kind of put on the afterlife and fearful that, you know, oh, we didn't get this mission done or, oh, we didn't do this thing or I'm going to go to hell or, you know, whatever that, whatever human beliefs that we're holding today and how they affect us in the spirit world. It's been my experience as well. It's like, they just floating over there, just enjoying things. And, you know, like it's, it's almost like an exhale. You wake up on the other side, like, oh man, my back feels better. You know, like you (laughs) have this release and relief on the other side. Um, And it's kind of my understanding as well that I'm like, yeah, cool. I don't ever really fear. um, I don't feel like I really fear death at all. Um, just knowing that there's in this other side of the process that I think in, in our world and in our culture, we've put a lot of uh, precedence on not dying, you know, get every, what, you know, what, what, this is our bucket list. This is what we do before we die or, um, you know, trying to, you know, do every measure possible to save a life and not that you shouldn't, but um, the talk of death is always such a bad thing. And Absolutely. yes, loss is a bad thing. Um, grief I mean, not bad, sorry. Everything is neutral in my head, but it is something that we experience that is painful. And in our society where we're super, super pain averse all the time, it's something we want to avoid instead of looking into. A lot of my clients are very fearful of their mediumship gifts and their ability to connect with their loved ones because they're like, if I open the door, (laughs) you know, ghosts are going to be hanging over my bed and people are going to be at the foot of my bed, you know, like scaring me and I'm going to have these dreams and things like that. And I won't be able to live a normal life anymore. And um, I would like to ask you for yourself or for your clients and the people that you teach, what is the the largest challenge for them about opening up that part of themselves? 
Right. Well, I think it depends. You've got people who naturally feel way too much and are afraid to even put that door a smidgen further out because mm -hmm. they're like, whoa, 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 I'll never be able to close it. And yeah. then you have people who, who can't seem to get the door open, don't even know where the door is, right? So I think those are the, the two big camps of opposing um, life experience. But for the people who are afraid to let it all in, I would say you are always, always, always in control. Uh, I often have my students make a list. This is what I allow. This is what I don't allow. You're in control of your own energy parameters. And you can tell how strong your energetic parameters are and your boundaries energetically by how strong your boundaries are in physical reality. Mm -hmm. So if you're somebody who's really struggling with relationship boundaries in life, you want to get that down before you start trying to work on your energetic boundaries. Mm. The two are reflected. They're always reflected. Mm -hmm. So that's one way in which you can, if you can start feeling really confident in your physical boundaries, then you'll find that the ones that you create with the spirit world are actually really not that hard. Mm -hmm. Ultimately, <clears throat> nobody is gaining anything in the spirit world just by scaring you. No one is gaining anything by overwhelming you. No one is gaining anything by being in your face 24 seven. If you can have an intelligent conversation with the spirit world and they are incredibly intelligent in which you say, Hey, listen, happy to help. These are the hours I'm available. <laughs> These are the rules. Do not bug me during this period of time because I will not be able to be of service to you. Okay. Mm -hmm. So these are our rules. If everybody can follow them, fantastic. And I think that the, the flip side of that, that I find with a lot of students when they do these practices and they set the boundaries and I have them up do all the exercises in order to get them um, in a space where they can work without overwhelm. They'll be like, well, it still happened. I still went to the grocery store and I, I you know, felt something. And I go, well, wasn't there like a little bit of curiosity where you went, okay, fine, I'm in. <laughs> <Do you know? laughs> yeah. So there's also like the boundary within yourself to say, these are the rules I'm creating and I'm going to follow them. I'm going to, because there's, sure, you'll hear the knock on the door, right. but it's your choice in that moment to go, oh, I just kind of want to see who it is, mm -hmm. right? you have to also respect your own boundaries within right. it and give your own time to yourself and say, I am feeling something, but that doesn't mean I have to let it in. Mm -hmm. And so that's discernment. It's, it's kind of creating the space for yourself. It's creating your own house and saying, all right, this is my house, my rules. Mm -hmm. And then um, it really is not that hard. They respect it always. I've just yeah. never seen it any differently. So what about in the opposite position when people are like, I want you to open the door, come knock on the door, come to my bed. <laughs> and they're not finding that not happening. Yeah. Well, I, um, there's, there's many ways, right. To work with people like that. Um, often I find that if you're not having any kind of spiritual experience, chances are you're not really connected to your own emotional awareness. Mm -hmm. So, Emotions are one of the easiest ways in which to bridge that gap because mm -hmm. one can think about it as we're all spirit bodies going around a physical world and we're absorbing information all the time, energetic information all the time. And it has to be absorbed by the spirit body and then it has to come into the rational brain. Everyone is absorbing the information. Some people are bridging it and some people aren't. Mm -hmm. And so the people who aren't feeling anything. The bridge isn't working. How do we bridge it? We bridge it, one, by getting embodied. 
because there's this thought that in order to do this work, you should be very spacey, you should be very right. out there, you should be very detached. It doesn't work. You have yeah. to be aware what do my emotions feel like? What triggers them? How can I be in the body? How are these emotions that are reactions to my physical environment different from intuitive emotion? Mm -hmm. This is pattern recognition. It's um, observance of, of just your own your own day-to-day -day awareness, really self-awareness. Right. So it's the embodiment aspect. It's the acknowledgement of the emotions. And then it's also learning to still the rational mind to give spaces so that the information can be available and can be recognized. Hmm. So it's kind of a three-part, I usually work with students in that three-part way. Um, and every person will work a little bit differently, right? Like some things resonate with some people, some things resonate with another person. Maybe yoga is your way to get embodied. Maybe it's mm -hmm. breath work. Maybe it's just simply three times a day going, all right, what emotion am I feeling? What triggered it? Was it outside of, in my, environment can i can i specify where it came from how did it show up in my body where in my body like these are self-awareness practices that a lot of us just kind of bulldoze through because we live okay. in this 21st century world where it's like boom 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 so you'll find that the people who are who are really having trouble with opening that door um generally they'll fall into that camp of, of really there's no space created Mm, there's mm -hmm. no embodiment, there's no awareness, um, or there could be a lot more, right? Right. And for those of you guys listening, these are always good practices anyway. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Ground yourself, open yourself up to intuition, um, not just if you're trying to be a medium, but like just to get in tune with yourself. I mean, I honestly, I feel like they're, they're great on all levels. Um, well, and, and, and I always want to say too, like all these practices that I'm talking about, they help to work not just with the mediumship, but I think it's a trilogy and all people mm. have the trilogy. It's the intuition, which I personally define as information about yourself. Mm. So anything that your environment, whether it's survival, whether it's about your work, whether it's about people you love, any information that you're getting in a non-linear, rational way, mm. intuition. Yeah. Psychic, information about other people that you don't know, right? Like random lady, ooh, she's going to have a boy. Mm -hmm. Psychic mediumship spirit communication but all these three ways have to go through your spirit body and all three ways require you to give the space to get embodied so everything i've just talked about with the energetic boundaries if you feel too much but also if you don't feel enough if you just want to be an intuitive person that's the way into it as well mm -hmm. beautiful now i'm i'm a, a freak for all things weird here and <laughs> i'm curious if you have a story on hand of one of your favorite or more weird experiences that you've had with the beyond? Mm, weird. I mean, God, in my experience of life, weird has taken on a very different <laughs> yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's like sometimes um, I forget and I'll just, you know, be done with a day of work and somebody's like, oh, how is work? And I think back on it and I'm like, Heavy day, weird day. Yeah. <laughs> um, but really normal for mm -hmm. me. Yeah. Um, so I don't really know what comes with weird, but I think one of the most astounding that I just heard about uh, was this woman who came to see me, and I guess maybe it's like a year and a half ago. Mm -hmm. And the reason I just heard about it is because I'm writing this book, and I, uh, one of 
she had written an email and I thought, oh, I should include this in the book. It's kind of brilliant. She came in for a reading a year and a half ago and she came in with the intention to connect to her father who had adopted her, so her adopted father, um, a brother and somebody else. And so we get through those people. She hadn't told me who she wanted to connect with. But those are the three people. And towards the end, she goes, you know, would you also be able to connect with my biological father? And I was like, well, he hasn't shown up, which is weird, uh, but I'll try. So like, give me a moment, close my eyes, see what I've got. And this is the part, like, I don't really remember this, but this is how she, she retold it to me. She said that I was quiet for a long time. And then I said, um, he's not here. And I actually don't think he's passed. Um, I think he's living in the world and I connected to him psychically. So this is, this is one of those things where I'm like, did I really say that? Um, she goes, you said he's not living in the same state as you. His name is Robert, Roger, Robert, Robert. His name's Robert. Um, and you can find him. Like I, I can see a clear path. So she said it was crazy because I completely given up on finding this biological father of mine. I had spent 40 years kind of off and on looking. I'd done 23 and me. I'd done ancestry. My mom was also not in my life. None of their, neither of their names were on my birth certificate. I mean, it was like dead end, dead end, dead end. But she goes, it kind of opened something back up in me. You were so clear and so specific that there was something about it where I thought, okay, I'll try one more time. And she went on a uh, private investigator's website that night and filled out a form that said, possible first name, Robert, you know, and all the information that she had. And uh, like, she said like two hours later, she got a call and they said, I think we found him. What? Um, yeah. So within a week, she was talking to him on the phone. Wow. They now speak every day. Uh, he did not know she ever existed. Oh my gosh. He, his name's Robert. He lives in whatever state. And, um, and yeah, and it was, it was such a beautiful thing to get to talk to her on the phone just last week and have her retell the story because, you know, often people come in and I work with them for an hour and I never see them again. Right. Uh, I, I do one session for people and then it's like, oh, I hope that was helpful. Like, thank you so much for letting me connect. So it's amazing to get to talk to people and sometimes see the aftermath of things. Mm -hmm. And that one especially, I don't know if it's weird, but it, for me, it was a moment where after I put down the it's phone. It's impressive. I, I was just like, that's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know? <laughs> just... <laughs> Yeah, just kind of this sense of um, the possibilities within it and, mm -hmm. and not necessarily my ability or not ability, but the sense of if we can open ourselves up enough and allow enough and surrender enough, the information available in the world is incredible, yeah. you know? Yeah. I think if it's in alignment with the person sitting in front of me and that's part of their soul's desire too. Yeah. Um, and I think that's like the added element of all of it, you know? I'm not going to be able to do that for every single person who has a biological father that they're missing. There's just no right. way. Yeah. But I think if the, 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 I don't know, everybody's soul's desire is aligned in that way, then the, then if I can be the bridge for that, I know other people can be the bridge if they kind of like work their way into this sense of surrender. I think it's just, um, it's astounding and weird in its, magical kind of complexity and this like awe and wonder of the world right yeah that's that's incredible I think like I mean just to have a situation like that I had a couple of things like that happen to me in my life but not to that degree and 
I mean, imagine like what kind of closure and joy that's brought for her. Um, you're doing great work here. You're doing great work here. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. I love you it. Well. I love it. I'm excited. Um, so uh, before we go, because later we're actually going to do a live reading with Medium Fleur here on the episode. I'm super excited um, for you guys to hear how, how specific she gets and how, how amazingly detailed she is. Um, but before we do any of that, can you please leave our listeners a lasting message? Um, you know, something that may, that just comes to you that you think that the collective needs to hear? Yeah. Well, we've been speaking so much about ability and creating more openness or allowing these things to come into your own natural life. And I often feel like it's an innate ability. It's a natural sense. It's not something you have to force. It's not something you have to create. It's simply showing up and allowing and getting out of your own way. So it's really not as hard as I think we all make it out to be. And if you set the intention and you have the desire, then I think keep showing up and it will, it will 100% show up for you. Beautiful. Beautiful. Well, thank you so much for being on our show. Can you please tell everyone where they can find you? Thank you for having me, first of all. Yes, I am available pretty much everywhere under the name Medium, M-E-D-I-U-M, Fleur, F-L-E-U-R, dot com, Medium Fleur on Instagram. Um, on Instagram, I do kind of free little videos about how to better available, make yourself available to all of this um, and help you along. And uh, there's also a podcast called Moving Beyond in which you can hear sessions and people's transformations and their stories. So you can check that out as well. Amazing. Well, thank you so much for being here. And guys, if you like this episode, please share it with someone you love. Don't forget to like and subscribe and we will see you in the next episode. Bye. All right. Recording. And we are okay. with Nina Fleur. Sweet. Hi. Good morning. Okay, so let me just explain a little bit about my way of working. Because you're a reader yourself, I'm assuming you've gotten tons of readings before. So you kind of know the drill. <laughs> yes, you. Um, the way that I work, I am going to be working predominantly with those in the spirit world. I sometimes check back in with your own energy pattern because I find that the viewpoint of people who have passed is sometimes slightly different from, from yours, right? Mm -hmm. uh, but for the most part, my connection is gonna be with people who are in spirit. The way from a theory-based perspective that that works for me is I'm looking at their spirit, their life force consciousness and the vibration that goes along with them. I find every person has a slightly different vibration. And so as I tune into their radio station, I'll start to see, feel, hear, and know. I give you the information in that way. All I need from you is just a yes or a no. Mm -hmm. You can always tell me afterwards what fully made sense. Um, but in the moment, it's nice to just keep it really simple. Mm -hmm. um, no, do not hurt my feelings in any way. Okay. Uh, if something doesn't make sense, let me know. The reason being is I could be right about 95% of things. Maybe that means I'm at radio station 96.7 and I need to be at 96.8, right? Mm -hmm. So if you tell me, ooh, that 5% doesn't make sense, it gives me the opportunity to fine tune. I get to go back to the signal, get that much closer. And from that point on, we get that much more definition, so to okay. speak. Um, We'll have multiple people, I'm sure, come in. We're doing a shortened version of a reading, so maybe we don't have everyone show up. Mm -hmm. um, if anyone comes in, you say, lovely that they're here, not super important for me, mm -hmm. let me know. You okay. know, um, doesn't hurt anyone's feelings to just 
move it forward. Mm -hmm. And uh, there will be an opportunity to ask some questions as well. So I do believe that it's a two-way street. You can always um, ask anything you want. And there is an answer available if I translate it right. Okay, okay so um, people here. Um, huh, okay, I don't usually love to start with the grandparents, but they come in really strong for you. Mm -hmm. um, so we're gonna start there. Um, and I want to start with a grandmother who's coming here on my left-hand side, but there's the recognition of one grandmother past, um, that you have a really strong relationship with like a second mother or like a really strong connection. Mm -hmm. Do you see that? Not yeah. just a grandmother, like not one that you, you really didn't know. Mm -hmm. And then it feels like since her passing afterwards, there's a grandfather who joins her. Mm -hmm. So it's like she passes first and mm -hmm. then he goes. Mm -hmm. Do you understand that? Yep. Um, and they, they come in together, but he's the second to go. Yeah. And and as he comes in, he's actually making me, he just snaps his fingers and it's like the sense of he's, he's passed within the year. Or it's like just a mm -hmm. recent passing. There's the really yeah. feeling of like, I've just gotten here. But yeah. she looks like she passes years before that. Mm -hmm. um, and that he lives without her from what looks like close to a decade. Mm -hmm. um, there's the feeling of 10 years on, actually, I think it's about 12. Do you see this? Mm -hmm. uh, separated, like the two of us are not together during that time. Yeah. You see? Mm -hmm. um, now, she's quite a fierce woman quite chatty <laughs> yes um, <laughs> you know she's just like really she is so funny because just as their dynamic comes in he wants to speak but she's just like no 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 it's my turn That's, um yeah, it kind of push pushes him out of the way like well i'll speak for the both of us mm -hmm. uh kind of thing so she comes in but she's also quite um tiny mm -hmm. you know she's a really petite woman as she mm -hmm. steps forward um and and small but fierce uh I want to acknowledge with her, and I'm gonna just start right here with her. Prior to her passing, I do see you around, um, able to be in and around her. I don't see you there at the moment of her passing, but mm -hmm. there is a lot of like before. Yeah. And it feels like you know she's weak enough that this might be the last time, we're not sure, yeah. but there's kind of this sense of it could be any moment. And so mm -hmm. there's, uh, an understanding where she shows me that you really said goodbye multiple times, mm -hmm. not knowing if it would be the last time. Yes. Do you see that? Yeah. And her wanting you to know that just because you weren't there at the final moment, it doesn't mean that she didn't feel that love transmission and that real like sense of holding her in your heart, even though you were not physically present because you had said it so many times, you had acknowledged it so many times, there's such a connection there. Um, I also want to acknowledge that it's not until after her passing that you've started working with your own spiritual gifts. Do mm -hmm. you see this? Yes. It's only after. She never got to see that. Do yeah. you understand this? Yes. And she wants you to know she's been a part of that journey for you from the very beginning. She's incredibly spiritual herself. I would say leans much more towards the religious side. Mm -hmm. Do you see this? Yeah. Very strong. But once you know she's been a part of this the the entire time the entire time um one second let me get her to say this right four children but it's a blended one two three 
Hmm. Do you see that when she talks about her, her grandchildren, that in, in this group of grandchildren, there would be like a huge age difference between, um, or like grandchildren of hers that she doesn't get to meet, but they come in like years and years and years yeah. after, after you do. Yeah. Do you see that? But they're grandchildren. They're not great grandchildren. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And then, <laughs> and then do you understand that there are three children she doesn't get to see three mm. connections? Mm -hmm. Do you understand this? Yeah. Wanting to see that she's come, that she's seen them come into the world. Now you yourself, um, when you are hanging around her, when you're a child, all the rest of it, um, I think often come to see her with one sibling of your own. So there's this sense of the two of you being mm -hmm. around her all the time. Mm -hmm. um, and it's really strong memory. Okay, got mm -hmm. it. Yeah, there's yeah, a feeling like a of you, you and one other yeah. coming to hang around her all the time. Mm -hmm. Do you know? Mm -hmm. um, but now it feels like three more have entered your family. Mm -hmm. or the sense of like part of your sibling nature. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And she keeps talking about the four children. So I guess when you're not counting your cousin, it would be the four, four siblings in total, even if they're like half siblings. Or yeah, something I have like three that. siblings and then there's me. Yeah, okay, so the four, yeah. Mm -hmm. I was trying to figure it out for her. She kept going four children, four children, but then there's the feeling of three that she didn't really get to know. So you know? actually I'm the oldest of eight and four more are adopted, but she didn't meet the first three and the last one isn't adopted yet. So that's spot on. Ah, okay. I was like, what is she trying to explain to me here? <laughs> because it felt very confusing. You yeah. know, she's like, no, four children, but then there's ones I haven't met, yeah. but they're also my grandchildren. <laughs> so it just felt like that's such crazy. A thing. That's crazy. Um, and, and, but she, she's got such a huge heart mm -hmm. that I think even in her lifetime, there are people she takes in under her wings that aren't her children technically yes. either. Yeah. Do you see? Mm -hmm. Like I'm a mother to all. So yep. she understands this, the sense of adopting and bringing children in and, and she's the matriarch in, in her own sense, in her own way. Um, and, and this continues on through the generations. Now, I don't feel you have, uh, met this time in life yet and oh okay interesting because she talks about the person you're with mm -hmm. is long-term marriage but I don't think you're married yet is that right yeah okay so yeah. she she keeps showing me the sense of you've talked about it with this person it's in the plan you just haven't quite tied the knot do you see that yes ah exciting okay so you're engaged <laughs> So to speak, fine, fine, yeah. Fine. yeah, but it's it's kind of the sense of we've made the promise to each other, do you know? And like yesterday. Oh my gosh, she's so excited <laughs> about it. She's like, no, no, the promise, the promise is here, it's here, you know. Um, and this the sense of of really needing to 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 congratulate you. And she kept showing me this ring and the sense of like it's a promise and it's gonna happen and it this is your person. Mm -hmm. Um, and I feel that children will follow and not all of them will be biological. Yeah. And, and it's part of the plan. It's part of what's already been discussed. It's part of the larger vision, but it's such a beautiful thing. And she, she speaks about you having waited for far longer than you thought you would wait for. Um, but that even before she passed, she had promised that it would happen for you. So oh. there's this, there's this feeling of you talked about it or you, you'd spoken yeah. about it and 
that she made the promise and she kept it. Yeah. <laughs> and wanting you to kind of have the security that you can put your guard down. And I don't feel like it's so important anymore, but there's this feeling of um, a period in your life where there's relationships that I think verge on somewhat maybe emotionally abusive or just really heavy. Yeah, yeah. And that this person is nothing like that. Right. Completely different individual. This is your person. And um, and this, uh, this seems kind of, you know, you don't have to do this, but I feel that you've already thought of names for future children and that she is one of them. Um, that's, that's crazy. I'm currently pregnant. So we have no, ah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. She's like, there's the sense of there's a baby coming, there's names and she, she is in the running. Is my feeling. She thought she was, but she's not. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's funny. Cause she knows she's been talked about as yes. her name. Yeah, I know? did. And, at some point I did mention that. Yeah. Um, but there's this sense of like, she's been part of the conversation mm -hmm. and, yeah. and she's been, she's been, she's been there. And, um, And this will be one of multiple children. Like I said, some of them will be adopted, some of them biological. Mm -hmm. um, there's a really strong little boy connected to you as well. Mm -hmm. um, and so uh, I think that will, I think you're supposed to have two of your own, to be honest. Uh -huh. um, but anyways, that gets quite predictive, but she's part of it. Mm -hmm. Do you know she's part of it? Mm -hmm. um, like I said, your grandfather's certainly there. She's just doing all the talking. <laughs> and uh, and I think um, it just is so happy for this time in your life. Mm -hmm. You know, it just feels that you weathered really difficult years. Mm -hmm. And that actually, even though you're engaged right now, even though you are excited to have a, a, a baby with this partner, the partnership itself moves very quickly. Mm -hmm. Like there's this sense of within a year, mm -hmm. it's like boom, 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 but it's your person. So she doesn't want you to worry about the timing of it mm -hmm. uh, to just let it unfold. Awesome. Okay, any questions for her? Um, yeah, so I, I think you mentioned it earlier um, there is, I, there's a dream that I had about her a week after she passed away. And mm -hmm. she, she said three things to me. And the first thing she said, I don't know, should I mention it or not? But I'm curious if okay. she knew then, um, what she told me in the dream, what was going to happen now, if she understands that. Um, yes, but she also brings it back to these promises. Mm-hmm you know, these promises to help, these promises to guide. Yeah. And, you know, the, the feeling that I get when you, when you mentioned that is she keeps bringing me to the sense of it's still unfolding. Mm -hmm. um, hmm. You're also going to be making a move as part of this too. Mm -hmm. Residentially, I keep seeing a new set of keys. She's excited yeah. about that. <laughs> um, but it brings you back to your roots. Yeah, damn. 
that's pretty good for her. Uh, but this is this is another important thing for her is is you are returning to your roots in a location and in a place that you said you would never return to. Yep. And uh, you will find her spirit in directing you in a lot of those ways. Yeah. All right. Damn, that's yeah. insane. It's not insane. I'm used to this stuff, but I'm, you're you're good. <laughs> Well, she's good. She did a good job. So, um, so yeah. I mean, and your your grandfather's there as well. But I think that they really just wanted to, to to voice these things for you and knew that we were on a short period of time. So they're like, "All right, guns blazing, let's go." Well, all right. Um, since my grandmother took over the whole thing, uh, did my did my grandfather say anything? He just passed like maybe a month and a half ago. Well, I think he's. He's well, he's good, feels, feels like the transition was um, one that from his perspective may have seemed unexpected to everyone else, but to him was one he was really, truly ready for. Yeah. Um, like, I think he would have seemed fine to people or there's just this sense of like, I'm here one minute, I'm gone the next, mm -hmm. do you see? but he was really ready for it. Mm -hmm. And he, I think also had quite an intense and beautiful connection to your grandmother. So there's a real relief in seeing her mm -hmm. when he crosses over. Mm -hmm. um, the sense of being together, being being connected feels, feels beautiful. Um, I also keep hearing people singing in connection to a memorial or a funeral, there's this feeling of people singing. Do you understand that? Yeah. And it feels really beautiful to him. And I think when he was in a good mood in life, he would sing too. Yeah. Um, and joined in, you know, it feels like I join, I join in. And he has favorites. There's the feeling of always singing the same songs yeah. year after year after year after decade after decade, you know? Um, although I don't think he likes to tout it or be too demonstrative of it, um, I actually think he's got quite a musical ear in life and uh, has the ability to not only enjoy music, but I think make music um, and loved it and is deeply connected to the art of, of music making. And um, he must have at some point in his life spent a lot of time in like jazz clubs or music clubs or things like that. Do you see this? Mm -hmm. And uh, and <laughs> and in some of these music clubs, he had the opportunity to meet some idols. Do you see this? Mm -hmm. Like famous musicians at the time that although he wouldn't have been maybe like friends with them in any way, he's, he's making me feel that now that he's in spirit, he gets to be a part of the musical world in a way that um, is very fulfilling to him because I, I see like this ability to make music in life, but it's always a side hobby for him in, the, in yeah. his lifetime. Yeah. It's never like a career. He felt like he wasn't good enough to make it his, his yeah. profession. Do you see this? but he spends a lot of time around musicians and he gets to love music and he gets to make some of it. And um, 
this is a, a, an element of his life now that he really gets to express, to, to influence musicians, to be a part of the making of music in this world. Of course, he's connected to the family. Of course, he's connected to you. Um, but, but I think through music, he will communicate with you. Um, and when you sing, he has easier access to you mm -hmm. uh, because you align with him. That's funny because he's ever in, in life, he would always come back to me and say, Lee, are you still singing? Are you still playing the guitar? Are you still this? And I'm like, no, I don't want to sing anymore. And like, that's funny. Yeah, no, he's, he's like, I will connect with you better. It's maybe his way of forcing it upon you. Yes. If you're singing. Sounds like him. <laughs> um, yeah, and he, he, you know, he's got some musical ability as well. And uh, to play the guitar. he keeps... Yeah, I was gonna say, he keeps, he keeps talking about this musical belly, but he had sold that guitar. Mm. He didn't own it anymore, do you see this? I don't, he gave me one of his guitars. Okay, so, maybe that's what it is. They, I don't know what they did with the other one, but yeah, he had, he, had a, he had a lot of instruments and stuff. But I feel like towards the end of his life, there's this sense of him not having a guitar around him anymore. I don't know why, that's the feeling I get. Both of them uh, left before, while he was in the nursing home. Okay, yeah, I was gonna say, there's something about in the last moments of his life, he doesn't have his musical instruments around. And um, there's this feeling of really missing the ability to play and now he gets to do that again. Yeah, that is correct. But he's, he's certainly connected and they're together and they love you so, so, so much. Um, you know, it's a really beautiful bond that you have with your grandparents because they, they come in energetically, of course they're grandparents, but um, yeah, I was gonna say, you've got a beautiful connection with your grandparents in that, yes, they are grandparents, but they also serve a, a really strong parental element in your life. Mm -hmm. um, they really help shape your values. They're really a part of your life. Um, and they take that job very seriously. So that purpose continues. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, thank you. That was insane in the best way um I, feel well, you're like, um, I have to write you an email and after i watch this and go through all the things that you got but um, yeah. i'm excited for my listeners to hear this because this is this is important work thank you very much and yeah and i always like to tell people you know if anyone's listening in on this i don't believe you ever need a medium to connect for you ever anyone can connect my job is just to show you it's possible <laughs> that's it you know I'm that messenger, but you're, in your case, your loved ones are connected to you. They wouldn't be speaking to me if you weren't here right for me right now, having an opportunity to hear it. And I'm just the voice box, um, but anyone can connect, anyone at all. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Medium Fleur. <laughs> it was a, an honor and a pleasure to meet you and uh, sit in your, your gift. So. You're very welcome. Thanks for letting me connect with them. They're lovely. Thank you. You have a good day. You too. Bye. Bye. hope you enjoyed this episode. Please share it with someone you love. And if you're interested in becoming a client for energy coaching or card readings, find me at thelovelyalia.com to read more about what I do and to book your own session. And don't forget to add me on the lovely Leah on Instagram for daily content and inspiration and hang out with me on Patreon. As always, thank you for listening. Mm -hmm.